Oh, I'm just I'm just surfing the Oasis looking for a version of Ready Player One that didn't suck my balls. What are you fucking Cyclops? <laughs> oh. Can, this is a poorly acted opening. <laughs> Welcome to the Hateful Geeks. <laughs> Can we start over, please? <laughs> fuck are you doing me yeah. oh, i'm just surfing the oasis looking for a version of ready player one that didn't suck oh <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the hateful geeks i am one of your many hosts phil this is sweeney i'm andy and this is tim and this week we're going to be talking about ready player one based on the Ernest klein novel of ill refute a love letter to the 80s and video games and all things pop culture. The movie is making waves and actually is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Once again, we do not fucking agree, Rotten Tomatoes. But from what I understand, you three really enjoyed this movie. I was movie. about but- to say, like, I want to say a disclaimer of, like, Phil's the only one that didn't enjoy this movie. <laughs> Show of hands real quick. Who has read the book at least once in this group? Okay. So you two... Have gone in fresh, yep. virgin ears and eyes. Fresh. You know, no familiar with the plot of the original. You saw the movie. I want to hear what you guys thought first. I loved it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, probably more so because I was experiencing it with a twelve-year-old who also was going in fresh. Uh, saw it in three D, which most of it didn't need to be in three D. But the uh, nothing needs to be in 3D. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> the car race was awesome. Okay, I'm sure that was, but that I just, was I, that was sweet. The final battle was. I don't sweet. like. I don't like anything 3D. I'm an old man that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I no, I I did. I really enjoyed it. Oh, you're really painting a picture for no, me. I know. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Spoiler: We have two hours that we usually talk about this. I'm not going to flesh it all out right now, but I I enjoyed it going in. Like I do Super have some side. issues. We'll, we'll discuss those issues. I, it's not a perfect film. No. But no. I I had a good time. Like a, so 3D glasses on, enjoyed a it. bucket how, of popcorn, how, and I had a great time. So how did Mason like it? Did Mason like it? Uh, he said it's his favorite movie now. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Nice. Damn. All right. Yeah. First time he like didn't get up to go to the bathroom. He didn't lean over and ask me how much longer. Like He's done that during... <laughs> Every single movie I've taken them to. <laughs> during, during the last <laughs> Jedi. How, How old is he? He's 12. All right. So he's probably the perfect demographic for this. He's, you know, into the internet. He understands gaming. Your son oh, plays Fortnite. So this was like, spoke to him a little bit, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, he, right. yeah. What was your favorite part of the movie, Andy? Ooh. Um, I have a couple. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the race. I liked... Uh, the shining sequence, which we'll discuss, and uh, I did. I, I cheesed up for the very end when he did the say anything boombox above his head, playing "We're not going to take it. We're going to win this," and battle commences. 
personally, I would have liked him to actually play the song from fucking Say, say Anything. All the enemies would have been like, I am complete. Is Barnesville coming for that swiggity swooty? Is he coming for our booty? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, um, so I went fresh. Uh, I mean, not not super like virgin fresh. I mean, I've heard of the book. I've heard of what the premise is. I've heard people talk about it. We've we've talked about it on here before. Um, uh, For me, though, visually, it was stunning. I thought it was one of the prettiest movies I've seen in a long time. they did a really good job depicting an online oasis, pun intended, I guess. But um, it was visually pleasing. Um, my my favorite moment, I nerded out. You know, Tim, I saw it with my date over here. Um, <clears throat> nice. When Gundam, when he turned into Gundam, yeah. I like <laughs> fucking like. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I really like. I really like all the little pop ups of characters, like battle toes come up. You know, little characters that pop up here and there. I really enjoyed that. The Shining scene was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny. H is like, I'm terrified of scary movies, but yeah. I uh, was a little worried going in that all the pop culture references would have been like hitting you over the head in your face. Like, remember this? And I love that the majority of it was just background characters. Stuff for you. Like, you could watch this movie three, four, five times and each time you're going to see something like, oh, I didn't see that the last time or, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't see that character the last time. You ADHD motherfuckers. <laughs> You're just sitting there going like, I know that thing. I know that thing. And I'm sitting there going like, that's nothing like a fucking book. Nothing. I feel like, you know what? I, I'll admit it. I did not read the Harry Potter books before I saw the Harry Potter movies. This is how they felt. This is how they felt. Butchered. But you loved the movies when you saw them, didn't you? I liked them, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and you know what my you know what the fucked up part is? I liked Goblet of Fire the most of the movies. And from what I found out later after reading the books, is that was the least like the book. Yeah. Right. And pissed most fans off. So like, right. <laughs> my my wife was like, You son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> these books. Well, I think so the, Yeah, I think they just ran into a lot of issues trying to present this to this audience and make it relevant as opposed to when the book came out and what it was about. I think they, they crossed over a lot. Sweeney, we did an entire episode about the 80s. I know. There was nothing about the fucking 80s in there this There was movie. a couple there things. Was. There, there was, was a couple 80s. things. Now, oh, okay, sure. Like, I like 98% to 2%. Ernest Klein was here in Columbus doing a book signing, and I talked to a friend that went to it. And Ernest Klein also wrote the movie Fanboys. And they were ready to go with it, and... Weinstein, the Weinstein company was like, hey, how about you ditch that whole story about the kid with cancer? And they're like, you mean the whole entire plot of the movie? <laughs> and it was literally a back and forth. So fanboys got delayed and delayed and then not marketed. So he was really jaded about it. So he was like, screw this. I'm going to write a book that cannot be made into a movie. Finish the book. Correct. A week later after finishing the book, they're like, it got picked up for a movie. And he was like, yeah, who's going to make that? And they're like, Steven Spielberg. He's like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but Steven Spielberg didn't even... Okay. All I'll right. give you this. It it didn't feel like a Spielberg movie. If you said I, this is a studio film directed by Nutty McQueen, I would have been like, <laughs> okay. What? I Hold on. <laughs> Your makeup name is Nutty, Nutty McQueen. McQueen. Wow. I don't we know. need to work on your makeup name. Yeah, 
Okay, Phil, what are you frustrated by? Everything. <laughs> I don't even, I mean, okay, you know what? Spoiler zone. If you haven't read this book, it's been out for like 10 years. Get over it. Right. If you haven't seen the movie yet, you're better off. But anyway, <laughs> my biggest problem, okay, I will agree with you. Visually, there is nothing wrong with this movie. It is a visual roller coaster ride. The acting looked great. The characters were done correct. Everything looked beautiful. Like Sweeney said, if I imagined a high-end virtual reality universe, this is what it would have looked like to me. The problem is you did not use the plot of the book at all. Everything is like jumbled around and and the characters, like how the fuck, like, the only people who know each other at the beginning of this book are H and Parzival. And the other people, like Dido and Shoto, they're not fucking famous at all. Like, nobody ever heard of them. Artemis was famous only because she was a blogger, and any chick online who does a blog is famous. Mm -hmm. That's just the law of the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, th th they left out all the best D&D &D references. They left out all the best, like, I and I get it. You can't put every 80s reference. They're owned by like 40 million different people. The lawyers would just murder each other in a stadium. Right. You can make a movie out of that. <laughs> That'd be a good movie. But the plot is important and character development is still important. Parzival is in high school in the beginning of this book. And the first event, the first key, are on the school planet. And nobody... Nobody in the Oasis, not Sorrento, not IOI, not Parzival, knew where the first step was to even get to the key. Five years go by after Halliday's death, and nobody knows. They open up this movie with like, man, everyone's been trying to win this race for the first key for like five years no, straight. No, no, daily. no. They open the movie with him talking about the death and how long it's been, and someone randomly found this portal, and the portal opened up to the race. Fucking so, semantics. Fucking no, it's semantics. not semantics. That's legit. Like they, they, they can't the point go, is hey, that everybody knows years. about the event, Sweeney. Semantics. The point is, is that everybody and their fucking sister are dick-jerking each other in their dumbass fucking cars. Oh, and by the way, the Akira bike was awesome. I like the Akira <laughs> bike. The, uh, the, but H in the fucking pickup truck? That was Come on, big, bro. That was like, Bigfoot. Big big was it Bigfoot? Big the monster yeah, truck. Big truck. I stopped looking when I saw a big monster truck. Oh, yeah, was like, H was in the you. Bigfoot, and he yeah. was like wrecking everybody. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. The fact that Parzival had a DeLorean at that level, he's like broke as a joke in the beginning of the book. He doesn't even have like, he's level one. Yeah. He has no money. He has no well, they, they mentioned that, and he like has to collect from crashed cars to get the money. Right. It, it kind of made it sound like it's just stuff that's been built up for five years. In the, in, the, in the movie, that it's been built up for like five years or however long he's been in the Oasis. But the thing is, like, it, the, at this, okay, so that's my point, is like five years after Halliday's death, he, he is a senior in high school. Not he's out and like in high school, but now he's got like a DeLorean car and he's good at the Oasis. He's a punk ass bitch who goes to school and that's all he can do in the Oasis. The reason he becomes a badass is because when he finds out and solves the clue that the, the first gate is on a school world because Halliday secretly wanted a student and a kid to solve his puzzle. When he discovers that and wins on his first fucking try, by the way, then he gets all this money. Like he has like hundreds yeah. of thousands of coins. Well, then they, they kind of did that too a little bit. They gave him all the money after he got the first key. So he goes rich and going around buying stuff. 
That that okay. I, I am glad they kept one reference to to a uh, Monty Python with the holy, holy hand, hand grenade. grenade. Yeah, holy hand grenade. <laughs> and as you guys talked about, I did enjoy the uh, the shining. The shining yeah, was cool. That's actually my favorite part of the entire book. It, it's like that's it's, my favorite part. That doesn't happen in the book, Tim. Oh, <laughs> well, what? What? How did you motherfucker? I don't know. It's been like it's been like ten years since I since I read this. So in the, in the book, it's called a flickster is the name of the type of game that Caliday okay. uh, invents. And the first event, sorry, the first event for the the uh, copper gate. See, the copper key is him playing joust after going through a D and D campaign. Right. Then he gets the key, but then he has to go do another event to find the gate that the key goes to, and that's a new video game snuck into the Oasis. Where he has to play Matthew Broderick's character in war games. War games. He has to call, do all the dialogue. Right. He has to reenact the character. Right. He has to do, do the whole. The, yeah. And and, and it's a, honestly, it's a really great concept. I would play a game like that if it was virtual reality. I think that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do war games. No. They eventually did Shining, and they all did it together as a group. Which again, not part of the books. Nobody at any point in time is allowed to go through an event as a team. That doesn't happen. You go into your own instance yeah. and you get separated. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they, got, got, they got separated. They got, and, when the actual game begun, they, yeah, got separated. they got separated. So I get the argument that concessions must be made. Mm-hmm. Not every reference from the book will be in the movie. Yeah. Not every event will be the same, but then the plot will be slightly different. The plot was vastly different. And I, you and, do, and I get that. Like if you're going, if you're a, a lover of the, the the literature, which you are, and a lot of people are. They love the book. They want it to be adapted directly from what they read because they love that story. I think it still keeps the soul of what the, what the book was trying to do. And yes, How can you make that claim twisted. if you haven't read the book, though, Sweeney? How can you make that claim? It, is it not? Is the book not about a person who goes to an, into an uh, augmented reality? And goes Those through and finds these three challenges. Win the Easter egg and, and win. It's like six challenges. And more importantly, it's about how he realizes that life isn't inside the oasis. But he doesn't do that halfway through the book. He does that on the last two pages. Well, of he does the that book. in the very end with, yeah. with um, Halliday. That's the realization That's the he end. has at the end. Although I do have an issue with that. So the world is almost like what I gather, like a post-apocalypse. Like everyone's no longer gives a shit. It looks like every resource is ate up. Everyone's just like, fuck it. We're going to live in virtual reality now. Yeah, accurate. He wins. He's now filthy rich. And you see him with uh, Artemis at the very end in his new apartment. And he was like, everyone get Tuesdays and Thursdays off. I've also gathered people make money from being in this. So he's just taken upon himself to be like, guess what? Tuesdays and Thursdays. None of you get to make any money. You don't get to go in there. I'm not going to make the world a better place. Go Andy's fuck right. off. Hey, but, <laughs> right. but I think he interpreted that was what Halliday was saying as well. Was saying the world is out there still. Like, don't live your entire life in here. So one of the biggest parts of the book is that Parzival starts off with a very selfish reason for wanting to win this contest. He wants to make a space station with all of his favorite movies and video games, and all the food he can last the re- and spend the rest of his life by himself on a space station and say, fuck you to Earth. Mm-hmm. That's his plan to, to when he wins the contest. Artemis, when he meets her for the first time, gives a very altruistic like reason. She's like, you do know that like 80% of the planet is starving, right? Do you know what you could do with like 
half a jillion dollars, like right. trillions yeah, and five trillions trillion of dollars, dollars or whatever. Like a fuck, a metric fuck, more money than Bill Gates and like all the 1% on in America have combined. Right. She's like, I will feed the planet. Right. I will improve the environment. I will make jobs. And they, like, and they touch on that in the movie a little bit because like when they first interact and he says, I want to have like a mansion. He doesn't say space station. He says mansion and I want to have all this stuff. And she's like, are you dumb? She's like, you're just doing this for yourself. That's stupid. I'm doing this for everybody else. My father died. And maybe that didn't happen in the book, but it still had that same, like, you're being dumb. This is what you could do with it. Artemis never talks about her past. Like, we never find out right. about her past at all. And, like, when he pulls up next to her in the DeLorean, after he's, like, kind of, like, may put two and two together on the clue for the race to go mm -hmm. backwards, mm -hmm. and she looks at him, and she's like, you know something. Tell me. At no point in time in the book does Artemis ever want his help. In fact, she calls him her rival the moment she meets him. Right. She says, we're both hunting for the same thing. We can't do it together. I don't want your fucking help. I'm not going to give you any help. She would never have asked him for a tip. That's not what Artemis would have done. But she does it right. Like, well, hook me up with your info, bro. No, that's not that is not that character one bit. Well, she's like, you know something. Tell me. The race starts. She takes off. She looks in her side view mirror, sees he's not going anywhere. And she continues to still go. Wouldn't right. she put two and two together? Like, he's not going somewhere. He obviously knows something. I'm turning this shit around. I guess you couldn't <laughs> afford gas for this race. Like, <laughs> like the, it, it, and, and Annie, you know, I already talked about this. Like, five years go by. They know about everyone and their sisters doing this first race event and getting their shit pushed in by King Kong every time. <laughs> Nobody once says, let's turn the car around and fuck with somebody. I mean, if they played Mario Kart, they would. Yeah. yeah. That was Nobody the only way I played finds this shit. The only reason I played NASCAR on the PlayStation <laughs> One to go turn around and wreck people was to turn around and hit other cars head on. You dick! It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, somebody would have accidentally. That's, that's not a brilliant secret. Like the puzzles in the book are actually tough to yeah. solve, and you'd have to know your nerd shit to get that. I thought the first one was a little obvious because, like, he goes and watches that scene again, and then he says, "I wish I could go backwards real fast." I'm like, "Well, that's obviously you have to go backwards then." Like. <laughs> Like yeah, th yeah that was you a gotta pretty figure out what scene, what scene, what right. point in his life to look that up and to hear it. And to... Which they had the clue. Someone found the clue, and then the portal opened, and then so the clue he was like going by that scene like seventy, like the butler or not the butler, the uh, caretaker says like, "Do you want to watch this for the seven thousandth time?" Okay. The curator who ended up being fucking Ogden Morrow the yeah. whole time, like that's I didn't understand why too. they did that. I mean, I I would have no, oh, I have I no issue with it. I like, it doesn't bother me. Um, but I didn't understand why. I had no idea Simon Pegg was in this movie. Neither did I until I, I saw it. Again. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, Simon Pegg was supposed to play Ogden Morrow from, from for a while, which is cool, and he he did a good job. Yeah. But but Og is supposed to be like very much neutral character. Mm -hmm. I mean, he throws like an in-game birthday party, which is what that nightclub scene was a reference to in the book. Like Ogden's birthday party is a big fucking anti-gravity like nightclub party for everyone. Yeah. And he, they kept Buckaroo Banzai costume. So thanks for that tiny and minuscule, not plot affecting reference you kept. Fuck you, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you kept that, but you can't let Artemis say, can I have a Glenn Morangi on the rocks? That's Connor McLeod's drink. That's yeah. a direct Highlander reference. You didn't even have to say that's a Highlander reference. You could just say that's Connor McLeod's drink. Maybe she was holding one. It wasn't, Sweeney. I watched the film, too. <laughs> I don't Stop remember. Stop making bullshit excuses. I'm not going to bullshit excuses. I'm just saying. I, I don't remember. 
I mean, she also, had a drink. Also, I don't know what it was. it's just one line from the book. Right. It's a cool. I love Highlander. It's an I'm important line right. to me. I it's wouldn't have it. gotten that at all had yeah. she been yeah. like, "This is Connor McClouds." I would have been like, "Who? Don't care." <laughs> you fucking fake ass mother. <laughs> See, that's, this is the, this is the issue when you run into people that love the literature and it's important to them, and you. That's what we had to understand. Like, it's important to you. It is. It's not important to us. It, we, I, we we could have all read the book, but it might not be nearly as the same level as importance. Yeah, me hearing I mean, that line wouldn't have changed the film at all. Right. Yeah, I get that because you didn't read the book. Well, even I if I did, it well, wouldn't have not matter to me. Like, even if I read the book, a one-liner here and there is not going to ruin a movie. But some of those, like some of those nuances of their character and their their development between each other is important character development. Like these, like little references, they kind of like throw into their everyday dialogue is what endears them to each other. It's like, oh, we're super into the right. same shit. And she like, got his we outfit. should be in a relationship. And she got his outfit, and she thought it was really cool. So they kind of did still had that interaction. It just wasn't the drink. I'm glad he called her Artie as a nickname. He does that in the book. That's fine. Like right. some of the, They kept really... What they chose to throw on the fucking floor and keep baffled me at some points. They kept Mechagodzilla. Awesome. Right. right. I love that Mechagodzilla. Was awesome but you you gave the wrong Gundam to the wrong character. H is the one who picks Gundam. Right. Parzival takes Leopardon from the old Spider-Man anime. Well, they don't have that. They don't have that. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They I mean, no, that's super obscure. That. I get yeah. it. We didn't need fucking Leopardon. Right. I, the fa- I didn't even know what a Leopardon was until I read this book. There was some no shit idea. that was new. 70s but, Japanese Spider-Man show. Oh, okay. But Daito, <laughs> Daito uses yeah. the fucking device he gets from a long-ass quest line. Yeah, in he has the, that. Gauntlet or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's like a. It's the fucking device from Ultraman because it turns you into fucking Ultraman. Uh, okay. Yeah. Which is super Japanese. Yeah. Like, that's like yeah, which, that yeah, was he, a great scene. Yeah, but he got the this, book. He got that weapon that made him allowed him to turn into any weapon for like any robot, any three seconds robot. or whatever, or however long it was. Yeah. In the book, it's a minute, yeah. and and it's only Ultraman, and all the high five got a giant robot. Yeah. Uh, Kira, not Kira. Um, uh, Artemis, she gets a fucking like female version of Gundam that I don't remember. It's from it's from like the seventies or eighties Gundam, very old. Uh, H gets, as I said, he gets the original Gundam from the the first eighties Gundam. Parswell takes Leopard on, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, the the Dodo and Shoto and Dido get a uh, Evangelions or some shit. Like okay. and, and all the Sixers and IOI guys that like got pushed through the gate because they're cheating, obviously. Right. They all had like a plethora of giant robots that got their asses kicked. Right. But that I mean, cool. I'm glad like, some things were cool. Uh, okay, some shit was new that, that was not in the books that they threw in this movie. For I was example, ask you, can I ask you if something's in the book? Yeah, please. This is the Mechas Cube. So he no. throws that out, which I thought was an awesome reference because Robert Zemeckis directed Back to the Future. So he was like, the Zemeckis Cube, I throw it out there. We go back 60 seconds. And she's like, and you just thought of using that now. <laughs> Not in the book. Very cool addition. Yeah, was. I was like, that's smart. The only thing I didn't get cube. about, this is just me being a little nitpicky, is why did it, why did it affect both of them? Because he threw it out, it should only affect him. That's a great point. So Maybe that, they were clanned up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that means. Right. So that, that, that's, that's what I thought in the movie. I was like, well, why, why wasn't she affected? Were they holding hands when he threw it? They were no. dancing. They're interlocked, oh, shooting everybody. He had just confessed his love, and she right. shot him hard, right. Like, right to the ground. Okay, that is an issue I have. So, rushed love story, okay. It was rushed. The issue I have is she goes, you don't love me, you love the aspect of me. You love what I allow you to know of me. Right. She goes, I will let you down. So I was like, ooh, is she 
actually like is there going to be a twist is she part of io how is she going to let him down a birthmark she thought she was going to let him down see, from a birthmark how fucking shallow do you buy this person to be that you're like if you see this birthmark you're not going to like me so in the book this has gone into extreme amount of detail like like her hang-ups on how she looks in real life like encompasses her entire personality she right. thinks she's unlovable she's never been like able to like maintain relationships in real life she's like in college in the book and he's like just getting out of high school like there's a little bit of an age gap not a huge one but but she doesn't want to be seen in real life she thinks that like he could never she doesn't want to get close to him for three important reasons one he's a distraction from her quest for the egg right their relationship like is really really uh, fleshed out in the book they go on quests together they hunt they watch movies they study the 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 almanac is what they call it, which is like the book that they've created of all the things about holiday and what he did growing up they like quest together and then she sort of just realized like they're getting too close and she's not making as much headway as she could they all become super fucking famous overnight when they all complete the first gate so she's like a celebrity and has like a tv channel in the oasis that makes her money like she's a she's a twitch she's a twitch babe. good for you artemis <laughs> yeah but you're not, not her person her oasis character right and that didn't bother me i mean like that line but that's you like you said you don't know her personality she could have been abused she could have been you know talked down to her whole life and that's why she feels like any man's not going to want want her that's what i was thinking i was like something significant is going to been. be why she thinks she would let him down you don't know what her past relationships were like so yeah so it has something <laughs> to do with her having like personal hang-ups over right. her facial birthmark and also be him being a distraction but also the fact that she does consider him a rival and the more that they spend time together the less likely she is to go for the egg before him because she knows what he wants he wants his fucking space station of nerdery <laughs> and she wants to feed the hungry like she right. knows that if he wins and she doesn't then she if she's gonna she's gonna not die she's gonna live on that space station damn it they threw in a couple good references um i just thought of this while you're talking about their relationship together because when he becomes famous and then goro comes in and like takes him away and then the alien pops out of goro's chest and like no, 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 no. Her as goro, <laughs> cool. it looked good oh yeah um, like that, i was no. like that's how goro should look in a mortal Kombat movie no the, the the alien popping out of goro's chest was not cool but you just have you just have issues with that <laughs> oh, of course, I do. Yeah. did, that did you have to comfort him? him i did i looked at sweeney i was like that was not cool i was like yeah it was, was. nope <laughs> when i saw that i was like tim's gonna piss himself i'm sorry bro the clark kent glasses he puts them on and gives him the haircut that was good yeah i was like that's good <laughs> yeah she's like it'll change your appearance without actually having to go and pay to have your appearance changed right there are good things about this movie i'm not gonna say the whole movie is a shit fest but i my biggest i think my biggest gripe and it's really like my only hardcore gripe is just the plot is misjumbled it's just yeah. all over the place i can understand if you that. had if you had saved him meeting artemis in real life to where it was supposed to be, which is the very end of the book after he's won the contest. Because they had like this event where like Ogden like puts them to, uh, puts them up in his house so they can go in for the right. final event so that they don't get murdered by IOI in their own seats. So and she's like, I won't see Wade until after the contest is over. And he does. And then they're like, he's like, I don't care about your and then then like they have like a touching moment. Like I love you outside of the internet feeling, <laughs> and it's important. And it's a it's a it's it's 
it's for both of their character development. I think it's supposed to be that way. But he meets her like halfway through the movie, and no birthmark is going to make that chick not hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, I'm sure they had to adjust it just to make it a, a maybe a more plausible like love story. I think they probably wanted to right. do that um, instead of waiting till the end. But I think that I, right. I do feel like they rushed it anyway. I feel like, like, like Andy said, like you've met her like 30 minutes. You're like, I love you. Like, right. What? It's like, like yeah, it's like 30, 40 minutes into it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like months after they meet right. too in the yeah. book. Like he's already like created a fake identity and moved to yeah. Columbus at in, that point. In, the, in the movie, it makes it seem like the next day. Right. That, that, was, super my, that was my only like issue with like that forced love, like right away. It I was, was like forced, but I what? mean, I, I, I understood <laughs> what she was saying too. She was like, no, you don't love me. You love. Oh yeah. Well, my, I, my you love Artemis. You love my avatar. Exactly. Right. So here's a question, okay, in real talk, and if nobody wants to talk about this, you don't have to, but have any of you ever had an online relationship? Negator skeleton. An online relationship. Yeah, have you ever, Back like... In, like, high school, I mean... Yeah, 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 when you were a kid. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, when you get online, adults, like, we don't do stupid AOL. shit. AOL. Yes, kids. Yeah. AOL. AOL chat. Like, <laughs> like, AOL instant messaging. A slash S slash L. Oh, like, yeah. Boobies. And you, like, meet... Like, you, you messed off to the side, you talk for a couple hours. Yeah, I mean, I've done yeah. that. Yeah. No, Andy, I mean, this is before your time. Just like Power No, Rangers. I remember that. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you did do that shit. Okay, cool. So, anybody who, who's ever had like an online relationship, and it's commonplace, this is 2018, don't get judgy I mean, out there, listeners. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's an MTV no reality it. show called Catfishing. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we're not talking about to catch a predator, we're just talking about people who meet online. It right. happens. It all the time. People meet playing fucking Gears of War. You know, it shit happens. So, people when you're presenting yourself online you're doing so in like a pure personality standpoint nothing physical because you don't see each other typically until you're ready to fap over the internet together that that's (laughs) usually like a day or two into your online relationship (laughs) but in this case no you are presenting pure personality so what artemis is, is saying is like you're only seeing like what I want you to see, because she is holding parts of herself back, that she's a little neurotic and a little self-conscious. She's probably presenting a lot more confidence because she's behind, she's got that screen between right. her and, and the online world. So she makes a good argument there. That's lost in the fucking movie because, like you said, she tells him she loves him. He, he tells her he loves her the next fucking day. Right. Give me a break. Like, this, this movie... You say it maintains the spirit of the f- book. I think it fucking warps it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you if it's there to warp, it's still there. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, like, obviously, I don't remember this book as much as I thought I did. <laughs> I'm um, not saying he Shang Tsung ripped his fucking soul out. <laughs> it's still there. It's just a shadow of what it once was. And I can, it's a pale comparison. I don't care about the references, Andy. I see your face. I get it. I agree to with me, you. To me, it's a completely different telling of the basic story. Yeah. It is, they're in the dystopian future. They're inside this game that this guy created. He's passed on. He's created these challenges for everyone to get these keys to unlock the Easter egg so they can own and control now the Oasis. And that's what happens. I mean, and, you, and then you still have the big business IOI trying to 
monetize monetize it, it and you, i love that he was like we've we've configured we could put we could cover 80 percent of their vision before inducing seizures <laughs> you, know, I, you know what some of that shit was really clever i'll give yeah. him that like the the stuff the the, the dialogue is is good i just kind of wish like the order of things had maintained what the book had done and that the character development had still been there i wanted to see ludus which is the the student planet yeah i wanted to see him in school and go and i really really wanted to see him go through that D campaign where he didn't battle the lich and play joust i felt like that was that was to me that was like holy shit this is this sounds fun i want to go on this right. adventure no and i, I didn't want to play mario kart with a bunch of asshole robots to get see, Kong. I, not reading the book and seeing the movie i was like i want to do that race i want to be in a delorean i want to do the race yeah, that'd be a cool concept you could if you can have any model car you you can you know obtain and then then drive it that would be kind of cool yeah. ghostbusters car yeah kit. the ecto one kit would be an awesome car yeah. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. The 70s Spider Mobile. Mad Max Mobile. <laughs> yeah. Mad Max Mobile. Cool. See, yeah, I get Everybody would have their oh, you saw the Batmobile. It got fucked yeah. up. It was the, it was the Adam West Batmobile. One. But it was awesome. Still Batmobile. It's still awesome. Piece of I love the 66 Batmobile. Yeah, I saw Batgirl a bunch of times. Fuck we you. said we saw Harley Quinn a bunch of speed. times. Fuck you. Batman in the first like 30 seconds climbing they, Mount they, Everest. He, Batman gets a fucking a dialogue gun. shout out in the first 30 seconds of the movie. Yeah. Then you see Harley Quinn like 20 fucking times and the yeah. Joker right next to her. Yep. Like, well, did I need that? They go with what they So, own. what was uh, TJ Miller's character name? I rock. I rock. I R O K. I love TJ Miller. He's one of those guys who he does. He plays almost the same character in everything he does. This is the guy who played. um. Weasel? Weasel. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And he's in Silicon was in Silicon was Valley. Was in Silicon Valley before you know they Apparently he's him. hard to work with. Apparently he's judge. just a douche on set. So yeah. he's just he's just his own character. But he life. is he is funny. And yeah. he was funny in this. Oh yeah, when he at the end when he yeah. was like, No, I can't die. I have ten years of the shit in me. Yeah, you see yeah. just spilling out of his arm. He's like trying to like death, grab it. <laughs> they fleshed out uh, Irock's character a lot in the movie. Irock has a very small role in the book, which is okay because T.J. Miller knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he was funny. He delivered his dialogue great. In the book, he's really just a bully who hangs out with H. And uh, so H's H's hideout in the book isn't a gigantic uh, uh, warehouse. warehouse. Yeah. Um, in the book, it's a perfect replica of Halliday's basement that he grew up with, which you kind of see later on in the movie. Like a little bit, you see like the bar in the background. Yeah. You see like the rush poster on the wall, and like that's what they always hang out with. But H is a famous like PVPer in the book. Like every H is already famous and out of school. Right. H is a badass. Wins like mad like PVP tournaments. Has mad bank. Um, so his basement hangout is sort of like a well known place for gunters. Uh, Irox shows up every now and then, just like push people around and act like a wannabe know-it-all dick, but he doesn't know shit. And he's there. And the word in the book is poser, I believe. <laughs> Irock is a poser. Um, Wade, uh, Parzival, and H and the other high five are huge, I don't I want to say scholars. They're scholars. They study 80s pop culture to the point where they know, like, fucking, like, what toy was in a cereal in 1986. Right. For and they kind of showed that with, but IOI doing that where they were hiring people just to research the 80s, just to research what Halliday... Because they themselves were capable of doing it. Exactly. Because they're posers. They right. are. And he even calls them out. He was like, oh, just because you got some nerds feeding shit into your ear right now, I'm not buying it. Like, he makes the reference to the wrong high schools. And that was schools. all 80s. Yeah, he was like, it's a trap. That's not the right high school. 
That's yeah, it's his favorite Bunch. college. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, smart cars, smart. Like Fast and Times at Richmond High and then um, Animal House. Animal House. Favorite college is Animal House, right. And yeah, Shermer, Shermer in Illinois. I wanted to be like, somebody should throw out that Shermer doesn't even exist. It's right. not a real town in Illinois. It's completely fabricated. Anyway, <laughs> the, I rock, so Irock's character, um, he shows up every now and then. He gets like made fun of. He, he makes fun of Wade for being broke and being level one and being like incapable of doing anything except going to school. Yeah. And uh, Wade's like constantly knows more about everything. So he knows like trivia. He knows like movies and books and comics. And he makes him look like an asshole. So Irock just keeps being a jerk to him. When it's revealed that Parzival wins the first key in the first gate, and he goes, he gets on the scoreboard. Everyone and their sister in CNN is like, "Where? Who the fuck is Parzival? Who's Parzival? A name's on the leaderboard. It's been five years." And then Iraq goes to IOI and is like, "I know who Parzival is. Right. He goes to school here, and he's a broke motherfucker." Bam! Everyone starts putting two and two together that the first key has to be on Ludus. So, like, these are important fucking plot plot elements that like explain how like everyone starts able to follow his tracks and why he even though it's like the best kept secret it it still leaks and everyone's able to catch up to him and even some points even overtake him in the contest yeah and they kind of they hint at that like it's not the same obviously i don't i don't know why they didn't do the school planet i don't know maybe they thought it'd be too boring for a movie i don't know like i don't know why they didn't do that and i agree the D D campaign would be a cool concept um but they do hint at that stuff too like you know, he says, oh, I only told H. I told not tell anyone, but I'm pretty sure he told Dido. Dido, because now, and then you know, they show how this leaks out over and over again. That's the thing. Like, he's in dialogue over like narration. He says that he basically gave them like the fucking, like, how, like, this is what I did in the books. Right. There's like a strict rule between Gunters that, like, if you make any headway, you don't tell anyone. Like, one person keep a secret, two, somebody's got to die. Right. And I think like, that, yeah, they just they they went away they went away from that a little bit just to progress the story. I think I get that. I mean, I, believe me, the amount of time the book takes to like get H and like Dido and Shadow and even Artemis like uh, up to speed or like figuring shit out, mm-hmm. it, it's a large part of the novel. Yeah, is H and a even, girl in the book? Is uh, yes, yes. Okay. That is one of the things I was very pleased about. Is H in real life is an African American woman and a nice. lesbian. And she explains, like, to Wade when they meet in real life for the first time after he, like, escapes IOI indentured servitude. She's like, my mom, uh, like, needed to work and get a good job. So she chose to be, like, a white male in the Oasis. And she was able to get better jobs. And it's, like, it's a poignant uh, commentary on um, culture. Yeah. American culture at that time. And they kind of gloss over that a little bit. Right. But they kept they, H was like I said, I have no beef with how the characters were acted or portrayed. It was true to the book. Yeah. Parzival all the way down to H were great. I thought, and it's, it's in he in the Oasis was like, you don't know who she is? Be a 60-pound overweight man living in his basement named Chuck. <laughs> That's actually a direct quote from the book, too. I thought that was that a is a direct quote, quote from H. Yeah. So I, I looked at Kat, and I'm like, they kept that. <laughs> uh, Maybe. Man, when, when she, like, when he wakes up in that warehouse in the middle of the movie and, like, meets Artemis in real life for the first time, and she's like, my name's Sam. I'm like, I'm like the f-. She, my, my wife looked at me, and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Is this movie over already? And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure they just rushed the ending and right. they're gonna do everything. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they just tried to compress things. To f- it was already what two hours and twenty minutes. Twenty, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like they they had to find a way to twist the plot a little bit 
uh, the big characters interact at different points to allow that build up. I think I think maybe like to me like the love story would be a little bit a little bit more believable if they met earlier oh, yeah. on rather than yeah exactly. The the movie. See, I agree really? with you. As much as I love this movie, for me, yeah. I, I think I would have loved it more had it been a trilogy. You focus the entire movie on that first key and him finally winning that race and kind of that aha moment like, we're finally on to something. Tune in next time for how we get the second key and then your I'm final gl- I battle. 100% agree. Andy has nailed ha- it on the fucking head. I wouldn't have Correct. an issue with that either. I, I think that'd be, that could be, they could have done that as well. I do. But I'm excited for to see how he writes and where he goes for Ready Player Two. So it's there, what? Is There's not going to be a sequel to this. Yeah, he's already writing it. He announced that at the book signing also, and it is mm. called Ready Player Two. One no, second, cat, <laughs> come down here, please. <laughs> Honey, I'm not joking. Come down here. <laughs> Bedpan. <laughs> bathroom. 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 What? Fuck you. I'm not, I'm not playing World of Warcraft, you sons of bitches. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. <laughs> Cat, the meatloaf. I don't know fuck. what she does back there. Yeah, he's he's writing Ready Player Two. The movie is making, I think, opening weekend, it, it just domestic was over $60 million. Yeah. They're going to make another one. Huh. I wonder how the, where they're going to go with Ready Player Two. Yeah, how the fuck? It's done. He won the contest. It's over. Are they gonna be like, this is going to be like the end of like, what, um, like Par, 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 blah, blah. Parzival. Parzival's life. Either that or he does. Like you were saying, he kind of that realization, like either what I'm thinking is what was the big giant button at the end of the movie where he says it, says it destroys it. Yeah, it's, don't try to erase your in, the entire game. It, the he tells you where it is. Maybe that happens in Ready Player Two and it's to rebuild the Oasis or to try to bring it back on. And also, um, another question I had about the end scene, because he asks Halliday, he said, you're not an avatar, yes, are you? Yes. And he says, no. So is it... What like, is he? What is he then? Did he put his own like subconscious like in? The deal, did he put his own conscious in there? Or did they, did they explain just, that in the book? He or? just Tony Starked himself into the Oasis. In, right. They explain in the book, it's just his own AI coding of his own personality. It's not an, uh, an actual conscious... And he doesn't, it's, I don't know why they had that line of dialogue because it, it's, it's all automated responses from Anorak, which is the name of Halliday's avatar. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff about that he talks about at the end about like his life and stuff. If, if even if Sorrento had won, he would have been getting that conversation. Okay. So they just kind of left it open there for a little bit of like interpretation of like, maybe he's not dead or maybe he's a spirit AI. I don't know. Uh, there's no Ready Player Two book. This is bullshit. This would when, be like when he decided to not sign the contract at the end, I'm and his avatar, Google. that big wizard, when he decided not to sign, he was like, "No, this is wrong," and he kind of smiled like, "I, I was hoping it was going to be like, you chose wisely." There's <laughs> <laughs> well, a perfect Indiana but, Jones moment that was yeah, lost right but there. But they, uh, they made him look like um, Gandalf. No, 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 no. I thought he looked um, like Gandalf a little. Stay a while and listen. Oh, Deckard Cain. Uh, Deckard Cain. He kind of looked like Deckard Cain a little bit. A little Diablo. bit. <laughs> listen, Diablo. Yep. Oh, uh, right, man. She's going to make me call her. Oh, no, hold on. Hold on. I, got, I have an article up here. Um, da, 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 da. Ready Player One looks set to get a movie sequel, but will Steven Spielberg return to direct? Uh, with the money's made, Warner Brothers are, are set to make a decision this week on if a sequel will go ahead. That's according to Klein, who co-wrote the screenplay and is currently writing a sequel to his original novel, which he calls Ready Player Two. Boom. 
Ready Player Two. Did you just do a basketball motion? Did you just just Kobe that? Kobe, Kobe! Yeah, Hollywood Reporter back in February. Wow, so he's writing Ready Player Two. I don't know why my my wife won't get out of bed so that she'll come down here and I can ruin her fucking life. (laughs) (laughs) I want her to get this on camera because I want her reaction because holy shit. That's crazy. I I wonder what they're going to do with it, man. Like, I don't know. I I, mean, I I don't know why they need to. But you like the book, so you obviously, he'll probably write another good book. No. Oh, no, dude. Actually, Ernest Klein's other book is called Armada. Armada? It's not good. good. Armada is not good. Nope. Yo, man, I'm with you on your first statement. This movie should have been a trilogy. I'm a glutton. Give me man, more. Nom, I don't, nom, 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 well, I, I don't I, know if there's enough I think they to warrant a trilogy, but maybe like two movies. Yes, there is. Well, I think they yes, would have. there is. I think it might have been too drawn out a little bit. That's what I mean. Like not, and this is not my, my opinion, but a lot of people say like Lord of the Rings was too drawn out. On some of the things, well, not Lord of the Rings, but The Hobbit, I think, yeah. is what I hear. Yeah, that's because they add a bunch of shit. Right. In the Hobbit that isn't so I there. feel like I'm just I'm, that, I wouldn't that, I wouldn't want them to make a trilogy and the, then yeah. bore us with that, like some of the stuff we don't need. That was the point I was trying to make is that I don't because th- Hobbit was originally supposed to be two movies, they extended to three. That's where I'm saying like I don't know if there's enough material to warrant three movies, but maybe two. Right. That's the, that was the point I was trying. Like to make. you could do like. The first two keys in the first movie, and the third key in the final battle, and the third in the second movie. I mean, the first movie can end up being like a like a high school, like an eighties high school movie, right. where it's like him dealing with shit and like hanging out with H and studying, and then leads into him like finding the clues and then getting going I mean, to the keys, and and then the second movie is the, the first movie can end with his family being blown up in the stacks, <laughs> and then the second movie is him making the fake identity, moving to Columbus, uh, and do working his day to day job while he's. Uh, hunting for that next key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. America. IOI uh, be the ones that actually win the second key to that whole like Empire they Strikes Back. Do. The bad guys win first. And they and they kind of hinted that hinted at that in the third that the, the IOI was already at the third key. Yeah. Like they, they were already, already they're, they're there. They're standing on the ice playing. The, <laughs> that was, that was funny, actually. All first. the Atari games that kept falling through the ice. <laughs> the, in the book, the third key is a Blade Runner reference. Like it's the how you get the key is through a, a it's a secret location on every. So Blade Runner is obviously a huge influence on the book and the Korean Holiday. Mm-hmm. And part of the, the code of the Oasis is like the building from Blade Runner, the Tyrell Core building, the mm-hmm. big pyramid building in, in Blade Runner. Andy probably doesn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know what you're talking about. But there's like a section. It's like uh, to do your best, take the test. And he doesn't understand what he's talking about, but he finds like this thing from the Jade Key, the, the foil wrapper, and it turns into a little unicorn. So he puts Blade Runner together. He's like, take the test. So he goes to a, a random Blade Runner uh, building on some rando planet, and he takes the the Voidkopf machine, mm-hmm. the machine they use in Blade Runner to tell whether or not you're a replicant. Right. Mm-hmm. He takes the test, but because he has the key, a door opens up, and he's able to like go and uh, play a video game to, to win the next key. The then so like there's a like lots of little clues and references and, and tests he has to go through for yeah. each section. It's not like here's a key, and by the way, the gate's over here to your left. Right, like that's not how that shit happened in the book. You got a key, but you would be weeks before you'd find the gate. Okay. Yeah, I mean they they could have spun it out a little bit further, maybe. Um, but again, without reading the book, I guess I really don't care. Yeah. All right, all right, real talk. You guys really enjoyed the movie. I, yeah. I'm not saying I hated it. 
I kind of have to say that because my <laughs> wife really hated it. I think you would. <laughs> if once, I hadn't read the book, I would have liked this movie. Yeah. Yes, I admit it openly. No, like walking in, you did. You went in with the expectations of, I can't wait to see this book that I love adapted to film. And you got gut punched. I think if you go back and watch it again, now going in, going, okay, I know what to expect. I think you would enjoy it. Part of me already knew, though, that I wasn't getting that. I know how the film industry right. works. I know the amount of references in this book that it was not going to be an exact carbon copy. I'm not an idiot. Right. I wanted some semblance of like adherence. I, like I said, all references off the table. I want the plot in the right fucking order. That's yeah. all. Yeah, That's my biggest gripe. He meets Artemis in real life too fucking early. The whole point is that the relationship is 100% online in the Oasis, and his emotions are real. And when he finally meets her face-to-face, all of this adventure and, and experiences they've had, even though it was virtual, to him and to her, it was a real experience, and it had real results. And that developed love. Right. It, it, the whole point is that— pushed it out. The real world is where you're supposed to be, but just because it's online doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. The emotional response you get is a real one, and thus the emotions are true. And I get that because the Oasis is almost everyone's real world at this point. When they take it off, that's just like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. And like, I'm just, everyone spends their life in the Oasis. They're actually uh, they talk about that. that. <laughs> Wait, what was that? I said I kind of want that. Uh, who doesn't, buddy? Uh, so in the book, they actually talk about that how people spend so much time in the oasis, uh, just completely sitting around that, like you know, obviously the obesity problem in the, that world is through the roof. Right. So uh, he, Wade, because he can't be be a fat fuck anymore, because he starts off as a chunker, like in the book, he's a chunker, but he gets this like super souped up rig that like you sort of they sort of touch on in the movie yeah but he gets like a really nice one but it forces him to get like an omnidirectional uh uh treadmill treadmill the treadmill thank you yeah then he has to actually do exercise before it'll let him log into the oasis nice Mm -hmm. that's cool he actually like forces himself to get in shape a little bit yeah and they can use this video game they kind of touch on that with they show him on the the treadmill in his van in the stack of cars. <laughs> Ty Sheridan was a good choice for Parzival, but maybe like I already moved to Columbus and I'm not a fatty anymore. Parzival as right. opposed to like before starting out positive Parzival. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I liked, um, I, when I think about though, like what's going on in the Oasis and what they're doing in real life, like he's on this treadmill doing all these things, you know, like fighting and stuff. And I'm like, you don't have enough room in there. Do you like roundhouse kicks? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about that during the dance scene in the cl- in the uh, in the club. He actually downloads right. dance and programs. Like, like puts it I'm in. Gonna, and John Travolta, right? And so his avatar is dancing, but then like the combat scenes, they don't do that. It's just like he's just fighting. Uh, that's when you're just hitting buttons and right. you know, you're that's like, oh, he does. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. <laughs> he does. So this I is he's like, this is my like, world. That was cool. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, this is my world. <laughs> Sharukin. Yeah, and they, they, they touch on H's um, PvP skills on Planet Doom. He's it's in there. not a fucking planet. I know, but in the blue movie, it is, and um, he's fighting. He's doing trying to get that the artifact. So I mean, he, they they touch on that, and he ends up killing Parzival's mother's aunt's aunt aunt aunt's lover aunt aunt's yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> douchey McDouchebag. Yeah. This this artifact was gonna pay for our apartment. You mean your shitty ass right. trailer stacked on another trailer? <laughs> 
Oh, because he Bear took her gloves. I yeah. love how the guy's like, you, like, Parswell looks him right in the face, like, you weren't going to win anyway, you fucking scrub yeah, he's like, new. <laughs> my friends were in there. Yeah, like, <laughs> like my friend were. H was in there. He was going to butt fuck you sideways, eight ways from Sunday. They asshole. mentioned in the movie that H is known for his mods, like, the ability to modify. I don't know, like, if Halliday would have programmed it to let people modify he in have. there. That's it wasn't, not a he thing wasn't a modder. He, he did commissions. Yeah, to modify. No, like to make like 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 he said the robots and like the model robots. He made, he built those. But Honey, I remember specifically the word mod. Like they oh, said that I, he, he said, did he mods. Said commissions. Yeah, commissions. And he can repair your stuff. That was it. You don't have to come on camera. Just come here for a minute. <laughs> I know this is really important. This is really important. <laughs> I just want your vocal reaction. All right, I'm sorry. It's not an emergency. <laughs> you don't have to be on camera, but you need to hear this, and I need you to. Vocalize your response here. Ludo, stop. All right. <laughs> so we just found out that there is going to be a Ready Player Two movie. And F Bush. And but all of you shut up. What'd you say? I said F terrible. <laughs> F terrible. terrible. Never wanted to walk out of a movie more in my life. <laughs> that book is one of my favorite books ever. And that movie was Well, awful. you'll get a sequel to your book. Yeah. Uh, Andy yeah. just said you'll get a sequel to your book. Sorry, babe. All right, that's all I needed. Is there anything else you wanted to say? All right, sorry. Go back to sleep. Sorry. Sorry I ruined literature for you. Your friends are garbage people. The movie in itself wasn't awful. It See? just wasn't the book. Yeah. Hey, boom. Take a boom. And once you know book. that, you distance <laughs> that. Great movie. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to turn the camera and show everyone your nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> no! They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> all right, I love you both. Get that dog out of here. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take that off the work. Anyway, so, yes, as I said, my wife hated this movie. <laughs> she just and said, though, it wasn't an awful movie. It just wasn't the book. Yeah, you know, man, you didn't hear her on the car ride home. That was like <laughs> t- the Diet Coke version of her rant, which was epic. Like right. I, like, like I said, I did not understand how Harry Potter fans felt until I saw this movie. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> now I want to go back and watch Goblet of Fire and be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> well, I mean, but overall, outside of the book. It's still a it, movie stands alone, I think, and it's, it it stands up. Obviously, it's making money, so people are enjoying it. Um, I don't, and I don't think it's just based on the fans of the book that went to come see the movie. Yeah, I don't know what it made worldwide, but like you said, like sixty some million dollars this weekend. I mean, I would recommend oh, seeing it for sure. You yeah. capitalist swine! I'm gonna go again. Yeah, I would recommend seeing it. I, I like the movie. It's a, like I said, it's visually pleasing. You know, if I ha- if I happen to be under the influence of some sort of it made love to my eyeballs. If I was intoxicated, I wish well, it would I mean, jizz I in would, your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I will say, like, like you, like we've talked about, like visually, like that movie's amazing, and it's and it's shocking to me that this movie came from a seventy-one-year-old director. That's true. It's but Steven Spielberg, fucking though. Spielberg. He could have took know. a dump on on celluloid, and you would have eaten it with a spoon. That's not true. When I, I mean, I guess with all like the the like I, I don't know. Never mind. So he was walking. I'm tired and I can't talk. <laughs> when when he was making his purchases and he purchased the Zemeckis cube and he purchased the suit and he was in there the the holy hand grenade and he's walking through and they're like, "Don't blow all your money right away." 
in the background when he's walking by, there was what I believe looked like portals, and above them, one said Dungeons and Dragons, and the other one said Overwatch. Yeah, there and are Halo, there worlds and Halo. within the That's Oasis, the so you can go into like an Overwatch world. They already said that. They like they said like there's like the, the vacation world where you can go on vacation everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than that, though, Sweeney. So, like, check this out, Andy. You want to go to Star Wars World? There's a whole galaxy of Star Wars. You want to go role-play Star Wars in the Oasis? That's a thing. Do you want to go to, like, a, a planet that where your favorite... You want to go play Secret of Monkey Island? Fucking, <laughs> that's a fucking planet you can go hang out with and be pirates. You want to go play, like, Pirates of the Caribbean? Anything. I did. All infinite pop culture existed in the yeah, Oasis. Said just limited by your imagination. You can build anything. As long as it's within the within the rules of the game. I was going to so say, H- so there is some modification because if you can imagine it, you could kind of create it, right? But you couldn't like but within holiday rules, right? You can't oh, like ruin awesome. the rules. Of that the would game. not be awesome. <laughs> what the god? God, you no, no, do not need that. They talk about how there's like PvP areas, and then there's places where combat doesn't work. There's talk places that are like technology areas, and there's places that are magic areas, and there's right. places where there's both combined. Like so, like if your character is like really good at magic, and that shit ain't gonna work in like a technology place. But so, it, any anything you can do, you can go there. And, you can be there in the oasis. You have lightsabers. Like, what was the shield called? The um, the shield they use at the end surround the, oh, the orb. The orb, orb of Oziavox. It was a twenty sided die inside of the ball. I thought that was a good reference to D anD. D very fun reference. Also, the box that Irock hands it to Sorrento is the box that the Mogwai is in in Gremlins. Oh, was it? I didn't notice yes. that. Nice. That's cool. I'm such a dork. Oh, <laughs> the, the spell they use to turn off, the one that ends in Dienve. Yeah. That, that spell they're using so to turn the horrible. Uh, I don't I'm, I'm not going to repeat it. It's fucking nerdy. Um, <laughs> the, the point is that that spell is from an 80s movie called Dragon Slayer. Um, which is a personal favorite of mine because it's like the first like dragon I saw like as a kid like that looked legit how I thought a dragon would be and he has a spear and he has a shield this kingdom is like sacrificing virgins to the dragon <laughs> if you have not seen Dragon Slayer it's an 80s staple my, definitely canon check it out my See, first like, dragon oh. movie was the um, the one voiced by Sean Connery oh dragon heart dragon heart <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I had to re look up Dragon Slayer. That's the one. the one with Peter McNichol. Yes, it is Peter McNichol. And then Thank uh, you. he's in uh, Ghostbusters too. Yes. yes. Then Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey. I want right, to. <laughs> God, I, I want to hey, see I the character the creation Shit. of the Oasis. Right. Because H's avatar looked awesome. Like with this separation, um, Irox's avatar looked awesome. I knew you'd like Irox's avatar. Parsable. You make the most boring ass avatar. You are the main character. He doesn't have and money. You're like, He's broke. He has no money to. That's the point, yeah. though. In, in yeah. the book, so Artemis looks can't sweet. leave fucking. He can't leave school. He can't afford. It costs money to teleport to other worlds. You get coins. So that's like why he looks like game. a student, generic he, student. Yeah. In the book, he looks like himself, but like an idealized version of himself. Which like he did. Thin, Normal hair. He can change his hair sometimes, but he has like regular jeans and a t-shirt and some fucking sneakers. They're all level one and crap. Right. He's made fun of at school because all of his friends, like their parents have money and they go out and like level on the weekends and shit. They're talking about all their adventures. Parzival is a sad, broke ass little kid yeah, in the book. That's why he just looks so he it's this is literally a rags to riches story as well. 
Yeah. So the it'll be only interesting thing to see his avatar in the sequel from being nothing in both the internet and in this world is his knowledge and his willingness to absorb as much pop culture as possible. It speaks to my heart. <laughs> this is a man who you throw anything at him and he's like, I've seen that. <laughs> I did. I've seen that. I feel like if I was in this film, I would make it pretty far. I'd at least make some money in the process. Right. Maybe not win, but I'd definitely get at least the second key. Yeah. I thought um, H's character kind of looked a little bit like Doomfist. <laughs> a little bit like like the upper body. Yeah. Not the bottom, like separation part, but like the facial construction. Did you guys feel like you saw maybe Tracer a little too much in this movie? I feel like I you're remember, like, hey, I, think I, I saw it twice. twice. I, was yeah, say, I think I only saw it twice. At least three times. At mm. least. Yeah. See, I, I mean, also saw Harley, it's not Harley a couple times Joker. too. Yeah, I, I saw Harley, Harley a couple Joker times. Now. Yeah. I only remember like four times. Uh, I can I can think of like five or six times with Harley. I can think of like three with Joker. I think there was one during the the final battle scene. There was like a portal where like people were running in to help. And it looked like an entire gang of Harleys. And I was like, hey, look, Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I also saw yeah, all, yeah, the, yeah. all the Halo soldiers, like all the Halo like, yeah, people. Yeah, the Halo yeah. soldiers come running oh, in. God. They were nerds, man. And Holy the shit. giant scorpion, is that a He-Man reference? Uh, I think that's a Transformers Beast Wars reference. Okay. That's okay. A I didn't know which one they were going with. But Scorponaut. Yeah. I liked all the little hints of like people all over the place. There were there, there were fun ones little that, references. There were ones that were random that I did enjoy. Like uh, like I didn't expect to see like RoboCop, Spawn, Spawn. I was like um, Spawn. It's like whoa, Battle <laughs> Battletoads. Battletoads were sweet. They were just fun. It's like there's a big toad but with sunglasses. My, on. my only complaint is it was the Michael Bay turtles. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm like why? Why would you bring in? Why would you want to look like the Michael Bay turtles? Because Nickelodeon, I think, owns the rights to the other looks. I know, but still. This is just a movie that, like, I don't know. This is such a great... The book is such an amazing love letter to, like, pop culture in general. Mm -hmm. You'd think that the fucking lawyers of these companies would sit down and be like, look, man, let's just forget about our wallets for one day and make the greatest fucking... (laughs) Do you know who lawyers are? Yeah, they're fucking. They're just parasite motherfuckers. They're That's old, rich, they old rich white men. I can just dream, Sweeney. <laughs> old rich white men that just like no, pay me money. They did Fuck. reference the the Millennium Falcon, and I don't remember that part. You have they, that? When did they yeah, reference that? He says something. I could give you the Millennium Falcon. He goes, "Oh, you have that." Um, it looks like somebody's using a lightsaber in the final battle, which is just a laser sword. So it would have been cool had they been able to been like. Well, they had the rail guns to actually there. use Star Wars. Like, I wanted to see an ad at in that final battle. <laughs> well, would, I mean, I don't think Disney. Disney's like, no, no, no. You saw a Fothier in the very beginning of the film, and the, um, the ship. I didn't see that. Um, there is no Star Wars. It was the Fothier was walking along the uh, second floor balcony railing when he's like, when it's coming into that little. It has to be something area. else because there is no Star Wars visual characters or anything in this movie. They you know what I'm talking it. about when I say the Fothier, right? The animals from Last Jedi that just came out? Yeah, the crystal... No, 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 no. The 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 animal on the casino planet that they let free... When... Oh, the big walking dog deer. The, yeah, yeah. That is... You see one of those in the very like first minute of the film. And then mm. no more Star Wars references. Yeah, that could be the, from any... I think there's been a couple like Final Fantasies that had those too. <sighs> I'm, I'm not it, telling it might, you. It might, yeah, it might I am be. right. Um, shit. I don't, oh, remember, the, uh, I don't remember seeing what he's talking about. Uh, so I Serenity. They had the Firefly ship. 
That's they what, had uh, the serenity that Dido and Shoto pop in, which yeah. is true to the book because yeah. in the book they actually no, I'm sorry, they use the they, they ride the bebop. Oh, okay. In the book, Dodo and Shido ride the bebop. That's their spaceship. And then he had all those little like toy ships kept pulling out, like the Star Trek, and um, I don't remember the other one now. The Akira bike was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, and I'm like how age like that's the Kanita bike from Akira, and I was like. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't just spell it out for these assholes. Half the fun of this movie is going in and be like, I caught this reference, right. I caught that. Yeah. Like it, it's like a big like nerdy dick yeah, you, waving. You contest. do see He Man once. I don't remember seeing He-Man. He was in like the, the like it was like with Spawn and then like to his left was He-Man behind. Okay, so, yeah, because the only thing I remember from that was, I saw the bowl cut. Was Joker Har- <laughs> I just remember Joker, Joker Harley and, and Spawn because the the cut was just that quick. Oh, it was I quick, yeah. See. You Those see, characters. like Freddy Krueger get his yes. shit blasted yeah. off in the first thirty seconds yeah. with age on J- Planet Doom. Jason as well got uh, killed. Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem. Did see Duke Nukem? I mean, there there are okay. So this, like Andy said, this doesn't hold to the eighties. It's impossible to do so. Nah. It's is really just like a modern. Yeah, like it's a pop culture love fest. It's like just it's like 80s. up to like two thousand, and, and they they touch a little bit on the eighties when he's getting dressed. They have like the Prince, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. um, and his um. Uh, the Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Buckaroo Banzai yeah. across the 23rd dimension. Yeah. So he has that. It is a so very hard do. to watch film with Peter Weller. It, it is a very hard to watch film. <laughs> it's, it's like, it takes like, it's a Peter Weller film and it takes like nerdy sci-fi to like a, a almost like Spurg Lord level of watching. Oh boy. Like you want to watch Buckaroo Banzai, you better be blasted. That's all. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Andy. <laughs> you won't watch it. Have you even no, seen Blade won't. Runner? Not yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, I forgot to bring my copy of it. Son of a bitch. I have it. It's on fucking Voodoo. It you don't need to give him a copy. Uh, and it's the final director's cut. Just get on our Voodoo, Andy, and watch Blade Runner. God. You bastard. Almost done with Punisher. <laughs> There's 13 episodes. Fuck. I think I'm on 10. I don't give two donkey shits about Dude, Netflix good. and Marvel. I've seen it already. You're, you are putting Punisher TV on Netflix over Blade Runner. Like, no, your priorities are flawed. <laughs> I will agree with that. You probably, you probably should watch Blade Runner before I'll Punisher. Get to it. It'll get to it when I'm no. 52. Although, Blade Runner, uh, although Punisher was just as brutal as I wanted it to be. All right, um, you're getting sidetracked, motherfuckers. Freddy yeah. Player One, stay on topic. <laughs> All things 80s, or not in this case. All things up to 2000. Pretty much. Yeah. No, no, Overwatch Stuff was this in this decade. movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, Overwatch, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, Overwatch. Everything Halo, up to today. I, was, I, didn't yeah. know, I didn't really understand why they put Overwatch in. Because like, Andy's son. Yeah. I'm sure Mason freaked out. He recognized it immediately. Yeah. He was like, there, did you see Tracer? Yeah, but I, I just, I'm surprised Blizzard was like, oh, right. They, they took a movie for me, my age demographic, yeah. and made it and warped it into a movie for his son. Yeah. And I'm not going to hold that against Mason. Mason wasn't in the fucking room when they were deciding on the plot. I'm not going to blame him. But it was, I get it. You need to make the film accessible to this generation. And it's what, PG-13? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, he's not going to make it hard there's only, there's only one F word in that. And that's yeah, the very end. That's their they, quota. <laughs> they covered up the boobs on the woman in room 237. And yeah. Trying, yeah. So. yeah. That was hysterical. I loved H's like, response. H's, that whole like part. Like, I hate was, scary movies. He's going down and hitting the button on the elevator. They're like, no. no. Hey, little okay, girls, like, you haven't it. seen this. <laughs> hey, little girls, do you know how, like, how to get out of here? Hey, creepy little white girls, what are we doing now? <laughs> like, no, like, okay, there are, there were, th- there, okay, yes. If I, if you, if, my wife doesn't watch my show. 
So <laughs> there's no way that she'll hear this. And if you say it, I'll deny it. <laughs> there were things about this film I liked. Yes. There the were changes in this so film good. that I liked. There were new things that didn't even touch the book that I thought should have been in the book. The Zemeckis Cube should have been in the book. That was an awesome it thing. It was. The Shining was hilarious. It was. He said, there's no, there's no zombies in The Shining. <laughs> yeah. I, my, like I said, my real problem with this film is that it's just, it's like a kaleidoscope of the book. There are pieces here and there that uh, they're there, but they're all just fucking scatterbrained all over the place. And Fractals. I feel like, feel like Steven Spielberg would have given the p- structure of this a little bit more thought. He was very obviously very focused on visuals, and yeah. I get that. And they had um, what's his face and writing in there as well. So yeah, Ernest Klein and Zach yeah. Penn worked together I mean, yeah. on the script. I get that Ernest Klein. I mean, Tim, did you read Armada? Yes, I did. All right, so Ernest Klein is not a, an author that can do no wrong. He is no J.K. Rowling or Tolkien, right? He, but he had a great book, and he went with it. I love Ready Player One. It was a great. It's a great premise. It's an amazing premise. And we like fanboys. I like. I I did like fanboys. Yeah, I I, like I actually didn't know Zach Penn wrote this, and until I saw his name on the screen, <laughs> I had no idea. I don't think a sequel needs to get made. Yeah. No. Well, I think there's money it. there. It's, it's a for me. It's a one and done. I uh, I agree. I think it should be. But if there's money to be made, they're gonna make it. This is a. This is literally gonna ruin. Uh, you know what? It's okay. So let me put it this way: When you're the f- a fan of like an intellectual property that's awesome, and then it gets just fucking dragged through the mud. Okay, for example, people who are Avatar: The Last Airbender fans, mm-hmm. people love the show. Yeah, it has a really big fan following. It's a really great show. Then the Shyamalan Nickelodeon <laughs> movie comes out. Now, whenever you mention Avatar: The Last Bender, Airbender, the first thing somebody fucking brings up is that goddamn abortion of a film made by Shyamalan. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta understand, like this is has the possibility of ruining something yeah. that I, I truly love. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's not. It's not like how. Lord of the Rings was and Harry Potter was where it's meant to be seven books, it's meant to be three books. This meant to, was meant to be one and done. Right. I agree. I mean, I'm, I could have gone with a trilogy of films, though, Andy. I mean, uh, let's, let's, if we want to <laughs> let's, let's remake Ready Player One in 20 years. And we're yeah. old I will give him the benefit of the doubt. Let him write Ready Player Two and see what it does. Motherfucker, go read this. Go listen. Go read this book. Listen to I'm the gonna audio. I'm going to do the book. audio because yeah. really? I'll, I'll listen to Will Wheaton read <laughs> So that's really where my next question was. I want to end, end the night. So for you two gentlemen who watch this movie, and I'm very glad you like the movie. I'm not going to hold it against you, as I normally would in most cases. <laughs> but has this movie inspired you to go check the book out? Yeah, I've, I've wanted to read the book for a while. I just never uh, sat yeah. down and read I'm, it. Yeah. Are you going to pull the trigger now? Yeah. I want to listen to Will Wheaton serenade gonna, me. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to add myself a little bit to where I need I want to reread the book because obviously I don't remember as much as I thought I did. Um but again like I read it when it came I mean, out 10 years ago. Yeah, and I read like um, I read I read like the Harry Potter books. So I mean I'll, I'll have to see if I have I'll have to see if I have a free audiobook on my Audible. Um because I used that for another book like 5 days ago. So I might have to wait until like next month. Is Audible. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, Audible I, is a great system, great app to use. I, if you get free credits every month. Yeah, I saw um, Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, um, read um, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and I was like, I can't turn that down. <laughs> like, that sounds great. Yeah. 
I was like, yep, that's that's happening. That's that's a purchase. <laughs> I, I, the thing I love about a good audio book is, I mean, not everyone has time to pick up the book and focus on that. But if you're like at work and you listen to music or something, like what's stopping you from listening to a book right. being read to you? You're on a fucking road trip. You know, throw on Audible and listen to a book while there, you drive. Yeah. You can imagine that shit and just zone out there. behind the wheel and get somebody killed. <laughs> they they aren't <laughs> offering this anymore, but um, Amazon had a group on of uh, $50 off a, a year of Audible and a free Echo Dot. Nice. And I took advantage of that and just gave my Echo Dot to to my sister. <laughs> I was like, I don't need this. I, I would like to get my uh, copy of my hardback of Ready Player One signed by Ernest Klein. But now that this movie's coming out, I don't I think that would depreciate the value. <laughs> <laughs> we have his autograph sitting right here. Yeah. Fanboy poster. I got to meet him. So fanboys, you know, Ernest Klein is from from Columbus. Yeah, yeah he's from Columbus. Yeah. So he uh when they finally got fanboys going, uh him and Kyle Newman, the director came to Columbus to debut Fanboys, and I am a part of the 501st, so we did Star Wars costumes for the premiere, and I got to sit there, and there is Ernest Klein's autograph, and Kyle Newman's. Very cool. That's a sweet piece of... Roll that back up and make sure you get it framed at some point. Uh, We're going to get it framed and hang it right behind us here. Teddy Sprinkles. Love it. I get so much stuff. (laughs) I love Fanboys, man, and like Fanboys was like our movie, man. Like That was like and that's how I I went into Ready Player One with a little bit of, I hope this movie speaks to me and not makes fun of me. I didn't want it to be a, ha-ha, you're a nerd, nerds, you geeks. Do you mean, you mean the so, entirety of Big Bang Theory? Yeah. like Thank the, you. I didn't Thank want you, that. Tim. I wanted it to be, and it felt like, it felt like this was written by people that actually experienced what we experienced like they they appreciated it so i actually had fun watching this movie like i was I, the dread went away pretty quick and that, you didn't want to get pandered to you didn't exactly. want to be treated like a, do- like, I a didn't, dork. like i told you before we were recording i didn't want all the references and the uh cameos and everything like shoved in yeah, my face yeah, and hit over the head like hey remember this remember that the fact that they just put it in there and they let it be and they and it was just kind it's of like a, it was there it's like a fine wine let it breathe yeah. <laughs> what if it's box wine? <laughs> you just chug that shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't drink that shit. <laughs> hey, there's a black box wine. Pretty good. Gross. <laughs> I don't drink wine anyway. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Class your ass up a little bit. <laughs> um, well, gentlemen, I mean, okay. So we can agree to disagree. Yes. Ready Player One, the movie, had its merits. I, I mean, if, it, it was great. Visually flawless. I, there's no complaint about this movie visually. The acting, casting was really well done. There's going to be some debate amongst book fans and movie fans of the plot, probably for a long time, and whether or not a sequel gets to be made. I don't think that's the case. But I think <laughs> we can all say that it it's definitely worth a see. Absolutely. And maybe even if you like the movie, check out the book. Absolutely. But if you've seen, read the book and you loved it, do not see this movie. <laughs> or... Or alter see it your perception. Drunk. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Just alter your mindset going in. Right. It was like I read World War Z before that movie came out. Oh, God. And I knew, <laughs> I knew as soon as I got done reading it, I was like, there is no way they're making yeah, the film like this. Yeah, but they're, they're, that's a completely different. Well, yeah, I thought me. that we were going to do World War Z like a, like a fucking History Channel documentary. Like the movie would have nah, been like they that. They could have made it like the book. What I thought if they made it like that book, it would have been him 
interviewing the generals and all the different people that were involved, like him traveling and doing that. But the fact that I went in, I was like, okay, it's not going to be that. It's it's a telling in the same universe with some of the same. So I I enjoyed the film. I feel like that's a real bad analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like I enjoyed the film no, going in knowing that it wasn't going to be like the book. So Have the same for Ready seen Player World War Two in HD. Yes, no, I've not. Sweeney? No, I'm not, no. All right. So, okay, Andy. Oh, yeah, shut up. So, <laughs> World, War, World War II in HD, I thought it would have been a perfect format to do World War Z. Yeah. Where it's like interviews and documentaries of people who were in World War II. And, and then you have like restored footage of yeah. World War II. Like, do that shit with World War Z. Like, they, like, okay, like the chapter of World War Z where they talk about the otaku the shut-in, the Hikikomori, with a samurai sword who goes through his apartment complex, clearing yeah, his zombies. Level by level of this level apartment level. building. Yeah. You could do that scene and like, interview like an elderly Japanese man who talks about how he used his fucking samurai sword to ace zombies and like <laughs> yeah. show like scenes of that. And yeah. The people had, that went north promise. and all the zombies froze, and then once spring came and all the zombies just unfroze and kept coming for him. It had promise. World War Z was shit. Yeah. Not, so the, I think the, the, the biggest thing to take away here is uh, proper expectations. You got to understand that adaptations are not always going to be seamless. Right. But they have to, like Sweeney said, they have to keep the soul of the material intact. We can disagree that uh, whether or not that was done with and, Ready Player One. And maybe one. I can give you a better point of view once I read the book. I please, when you read the book or listen to Will Whedon's uh, Audible Chocolate. Uh, of his <laughs> reading well, of it. Sexual chocolate. It, it, dude, Anderson? he does an amazing job. He makes the book better somehow by the way he reads it. Um, just, yeah, I'd love to hear, like, we don't need to do a show about it, but I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I'd love to, and Andy, I don't even know the last time. When was the last time you read a book? 19 Dickety 3. <laughs> 19 Dickety 3. <laughs> it had, did it have pictures in it? <laughs> I was like, do comic books count? No, no they don't. No, no. no. Not in this instance, no. <laughs> And you know, I'd love to, I would, I, your opinion, I would really love to hear about this because there's a lot of shit in here. You probably had like your hands on directly as a child at some point in time. I was the first tester for Joust. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. But <laughs> and I probably no, will. I'll appreciate the book and I'll probably agree like, oh, this was epic. Why didn't they put this in the movie and stuff? I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I don't think it'll take it away, but it's not going to take away from my but, enjoyment of that. Like I said, there was stuff in the movie that was in the book that probably should have been in the book. Like, like I said, Zemeckis Cube was a great idea. Zemeckis Cube was awesome. But on that note, we've all uh, we've all spent a lot of time here, so uh, I'm going back into the virtual <laughs> world, and and I'll see you on the Oasis, nerds. What are you, the guy from you Grandma's Boy? You a robot? I, 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 in the world, I am a robot. Fuck you. Fuck you, all right? I'm a robot boy. I got a robot I, vagina. I thought, I thought of Grandma's, <laughs> uh, grandma's Boy. <laughs> How did he see me? How much do clothes cost in the Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right, for tuning in, Hateful Geeks. I am one of your many hosts, Phil. This is Sweeney. I'm Andy. This is Tim. And get a life. A real one. <laughs> Nerds. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.